From Homedale to Salmon River, District 3 has several teams that don't always get their due. Stepping outside the shadows of the SIC, this is the Treasure Valley PrepCast with Logan Green. That's right. Welcome in another edition of the Treasure Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. Uh, breaking down the 3A, 2A, 1A sports scene in District 3 each and every week. Brandon Bainey is always joined by Logan Green. LG, what's going on? Hey, Brandon, not much, man. I just um, I started my morning off this morning. Somebody was cutting onions in my house while I was watching this video. I don't know if you saw it um, from the, the Yankees-Blue um, Jays game last night. I can't, I can't handle that stuff. That stuff gets me every time. Uh, that was awesome. If you haven't seen it, go look it up. There's a, um, there's a great story on the, the athletic about it. That, um, that was really good. Um, but Aaron judge hit a home run. It went straight to a, it was at, it was in Toronto. It went to a blue Jays fan. He turned around and gave it to this kid in his Yankees shirt and the kid, the kid, they didn't know each other. And the kid just hugs the guy and starts crying. And I'm like, Who's cutting these onions here? And uh, it's a great story. So, you know, sports wins the day today, I think, across the world. I, I just like seeing stuff like that because, um, you know, everything sucks in the world sometimes. And when you, you always see the bad stuff, right? You see all the bad stuff and, and you get to see that and it just makes everything every, you feel good. It makes everything else feel good. Yeah. Um, so as a self-professed professed, uh, Boston Red Sox fan, I can't stand the Yankees, obviously. They're on, I think, an 11-game winning streak, which just adds to it. Um, if you're watching the video of this on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel or Facebook page, you can see us here in our in our home broadcast setups. Uh, audio only as well at IdahoSports.com or wherever you download your podcasts. I got this as a gift at Christmas time, Logan. This is, I'm going to show it on camera here. This is official dirt nice. from the infield at Fenway Park in Boston where the Red Sox play. So yeah, no, no love for the Yankees in this house and Aaron judge nice moment, but still <laughs> public enemy number one. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I understand it. I mean, I, here's my other, see, I'm an Orioles guy. So, um, I mean, it's a sad life. It's pretty sad. So, I mean, I am AL East guy, but, um, I, I, I do. I don't know. There's like teams I, I have, I used to hate. And I get it. You're a Red Sox fan. It's a little different, but I feel like I was like that with the Yankees for a long time. And just over time, I've come to more, I, I, res, I, you know, I respect them. I, same thing with the Patriots. I was like that. You know, I was bitter because they beat the Panthers in the Super Bowl and my 13 year old self couldn't handle it. Hmm. And so it took me a long time, but now I'm at a spot of respect. And I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm with that with like the, the Yankees at this point. I would love to go to Yankee Stadium. I've never been. So and Fenway. I would like to go to Fenway. You're gonna hate me because this summer I'm actually going on a ball ballpark tour of all these baseball stadiums oh, on the East Coast. Nice. We're going Boston, the Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, uh -huh. Yankee Stadium, the Mets. We're gonna go watch a Mets game. Uh we go to Baltimore and then we wrap up in DC. So oh, nice. I See, yeah. I've been many games in DC and many games in Baltimore, and those are great. They're they're really good. I like the DC one because, so like I said, I grew up in North Carolina, and we would drive and park at a metro station and ride the subway into DC, go to the game, and take it back out. But that's a nice stadium right there. But that sounds awesome, Brandon. I'm kind of jealous. I want to, 
are the Phillies not in town when you're driving through? Yeah, I don't I don't know. It's through a company, and so they kind of set the schedule. And oh, um, oh, oh, I see. Yeah, they they kind of arrange all the travel and accommodations and all that stuff. So oh, awesome! That's awesome. Yeah. And you know, you know, your little thing reminded me. I I don't know if they're going to do it, but I thought I saw maybe somewhere they're re renovating the Ravston Stadium in Idaho Falls, and yes. they were going to cut down the goalposts and cut out like a little chunk of the you know cut them into pieces and sell them maybe or sell some. I would I would I mean I I didn't if I was an Idaho Falls grad I would want that that would be awesome more skyline you know it would be and i think they were going to sell some of the seats from um holt arena as well possibly um from that renovation those are cool souvenirs to have those would be i would love to have something like that from from somebody but those are awesome so if you're listening from east idaho don't you know this is obviously not an east idaho one but that would be a cool uh, memento to have from from a local team yeah, and up in North Idaho, St. Mary's High School tore out the old wooden bleachers in their gym this year, a uh, Hayburn mm-hmm. gym, and they had the wood shop class take all that wood from the old bleachers and they they used it to make like shadow boxes and like a couple of like rocking chairs and some end tables and stuff and then they awesome. sold it as a fundraiser. How cool is that? That would be terrific. Have a rocking chair from wood from the stadium. That would be fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah. That's uh yeah, that's great stuff. You can't beat that. That's fun. No doubt. Uh, one last note. Your Baltimore Orioles, they have a series win over the Red Sox and the Yankees. So far you know what, this Brandon, year. You know what? It, it's a, it's it, we're, we're going for the pennant. It's just, you know, we hide it under <laughs> um, under the guise of early season woes, and we just sneak in, uh, you know, just, just to show who we are at the beginning. They're going to come on strong and, and, you know, maybe only lose 98 games this year. And, uh, and surprise everybody. So, yeah. Well, well see. it is funny because I saw people bickering about that. That, well, how, you know, the saying the, the Yankees were first in these power rankings. And it's like, how can that be? They lost a series to the Orioles. And I'm like, yeah, that's true. That's pretty bad. So, but, but then they won like 11 in a row. So it's like, you know, but you look at their schedule and it's been pretty weak. It's been, they, they had three more games against Baltimore. So, yeah. I mean, you might as well might as well bring up the Norfolk Tides, the Triple A team, and play have them play. It's just just the same, right? For sure. All right. Well, here we are, nearly seven minutes in. We do this every time. Look, and I wonder if people just fast forward. Yeah, they probably our, do. They're like, I don't want to listen to this garbage. <laughs> well, you know what's not garbage is the North Star Charter Baseball no. Program. They the Huskies have been so good this year in in just their second year of existence. As a 1A program last year, they took the state by storm, got all the way to the championship game where they fell just short to Genesee. And then because they were a young team, they brought like a lot of those guys this year. And we've talked about North Star Charter a lot this year. Uh, We talked about Daniel Cormilo, who threw a perfect game against Rimrock, you know, back in April. Well, between the last episode we recorded and now Cormilo threw a second perfect game. And he's not even the only pitcher that's dealing. Josh Einek just threw a perfect game for North Star Charter as well. That's three perfect games in one season. It's unheard of. No, it's it's incredible. Like to to be able to do that. Multi- how many t- how many times has that happened in the majors? A perfect game. It's I don't know. I don't know what the number is. 25, 27, something like that. Um, but for it to happen to the same team three times in a season. That's extreme. I, 
show me a stat where that's happening anywhere else. Now, I, I do get the, the counter argument that these are not nine game innings or nine inning games, and they're not even seven inning games. A lot of these is they've been, you know, in a mercy rule situation early on. So they haven't, you know, the, the pitcher hasn't had to pitch a complete game to get it. But you know what? It is what it is, right? It goes in the books as a perfect game. I mean, your team contributed to that by hitting the ball extremely well and getting you to a point where you could tap out early and, and the game's over. You know, um, you don't pitch perfectly, that game continues on. But you do pitch perfectly, so the game's over. So, you know what? I don't, you know, I, I can see maybe some some people wanting to bicker the other way, but at the same time, it is what it is. And you got to tip your cap to them. That's a great job by INEC to get it. And Cormilo with two, just a phenomenal season for North Star. And if you look at the coaches poll right now in the 1A baseball, who is the only one ahead of them right now? Genesee. So <laughs> it's uh could we have a collision course again of Genesee and North Star Charter? You look at it right now and you think, I don't know how that's not going to happen um in about a week and a half. I mean, yeah, it's it's crazy. Uh, the North always uh, so tough in baseball. In fact, I don't think a team from District 3 has won a state baseball title since they kind of split 1A up um, back in the early 2000s. It has been dominated by the White Pine League, and so North Star Charter is carrying the mantle for for District 3 as well, trying to end this this streak of dominance from the teams up North. And all this regular season success is great, but they'll tell you that the only thing they care about is getting back to the championship and delivering with a win this time. So the thing about INEX perfect game, um, it, it's a pretty cool deal because he is the only senior on the North Star Charter baseball team this year. So it was his senior night. It was the final home game of his career uh, against Idaho City. And on senior night, the lone senior recognized before the game, he goes out and throws that perfect game. I mean, you can't write a better score. No. No, you can't. We're just waiting for Disney to come in and offer to make a movie here. Um, but like you said, Brandon, at the end of the day, they, you know what? If you haven't been in this situation before, getting to state sometimes can be a great accomplishment, right? You see teams um, that have not made it. And I think back Timberline from WEI a couple of years ago made it to state basketball for the first time in like 50 years, uh, you know, and just making it is a good accomplishment. You know, at that point, you're like, we made it to state. And then, for a team that hasn't even made it to a state championship, oh, you know, we made it to a state championship. That's all out the door now for them, right? Making it to state, not good enough. Making it to the state championship, not good enough. You know, we already did that, but we don't care about that in it. There, there's nothing. We got our T-shirt last year. We can get a T-shirt this year, but I already got my T-shirt from last year. Those, you know, those ones that, you, those are like reps of pride across the state. You know, you see them everywhere you go. Um, but they want their goal is a championship. And, you know, I, I would say that anything short of that, they're probably going to be disappointed in their play. And you know what? I, the way they're playing right now, I just can't see it matching up any differently than than Genesee and North Star in that championship. I think you got those next two, Glens Ferry and and Troy are probably those, those next two. Um, but I, I think that those two are a couple steps ahead of everybody else. Yeah, and so when you look at the conference standings, it's kind of a mess because it's this gigantic league in 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 the one A WIC, 
and uh, not everybody played the same amount of conference games because of rainouts and forfeits and other things. So nobody's conference record is the same, but you you can see there's a clear delineation, right? North Star Charter is the top team. Then a tier below that, Glens Ferry, Horseshoe Bend, and then a tier below that is Rimrock and Wilder, I guess, but I would put Rimrock ahead of Wilder. It's really, yeah, you know, yeah. those four teams, North Star, Glens Ferry, Horseshoe Bend, Rimrock, those are probably going to be the four teams representing 1A. Yeah. yeah, I think it's hard to see anybody else coming out um, of the district beside those four. I mean, of course, we'll have a district tournament to settle all of that, but um, that that's probably what we're going to see in a couple weeks. Definitely. All right. Well, let's move on to the other uh, districts for baseball. Let's let's move to class 3A, where we kind of previewed it um, last time, where Fruitland uh, had a big showdown with Weezer. These were the top two teams in the 3A SRV. And uh, to the surprise of nobody, it was a tight game throughout. Yeah, a one to zero win for Fruitland. And you look at it, a pitcher's duel, fantastic matchup. The only difference between these two teams was a solo home run by a freshman, Jace, Jace Mordhorst. He hits the one, the, the solo shot to win the game in the sixth inning. And that's it. That's the difference. Uh, you look down at the, the pitching for that game. Zane Bidwell gets the win for Fruitland. Uh, he pitches seven innings only gives up three hits and had 14 strikeouts in seven innings. So two-thirds of the pitchers he faced, to face 21 batter, you know, or whatever, 24 batters and strikes out 14 of them. That's over 50%. It's a great day at the ballpark for Bidwell. He picks up the win there. And on the other side, um, Willie Schertz pitched five innings, uh, gives up that one run. Um, but on the other side, 10 strikeouts for Weezer between – their pitchers at pitch. So really was a pitcher's duel. Um, just the difference, that solo shot that, that, you know, separates them um, in that win. And, and right now we can see a little bit more of a clear picture of how districts are going to shape up after everything else that happened this week. Yeah. We'll show that district bracket in just a second. Weezer wraps up the regular season, 17 and four overall nine and one in the conference. They're the defending three, a state champs. And I feel like nobody's talking about them like at all. It's crazy no. to me. <laughs> well, I, so I did the first day of three, a baseball tournament last year that was out at Fruitland and yeah, they kind of, I, I want to say, what are they like the sixth seed or the seven seed? They just weren't really talked about. All the talk was Marsh Valley, right? And Fruitland, Marsh Valley, Fruitland. And then neither one of them take it. It's, it's, it's Weezer that comes through. And yeah, I know, I feel like they're not probably getting talked about as much as they probably think um, they should be. If you look at the standings right now, well, if you look at the, the coaches poll, Marsh Valley is first. Kimberly is second and Weezer is third. So they're right in there. Sugar Salem is fourth and South Fremont fifth. But Brandon, correct me if I'm wrong. Only one of those goes, right? That's not a double bid league or do they have a play in? I for, for district six. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, what's weird about district six South Fremont has beaten sugar twice. They beat them twice in the regular season and yet sugar's ranked ahead of them. How does that work? <laughs> yeah, South Fremont is four and zero in conference. Yeah. Sugar is two and two, and somehow Sugar even has a first place vote. So not this is not the District Six prep cast, but but it, I mean, if let's just look at it and you say, you know what, 
two, one, one of the top five teams as voted on by the coaches will not be there. Correct. Um, and you're right. That's a one bid district. So, so, you know, you got to think, um, Fruitland will be there. And then I, I don't know if it, it'll, it's looking like maybe even Payette will be one of those other bids potentially this year. It's funny. Payette didn't get any votes in the coaches poll, but Homedale did. So who knows who yeah. I, I, you know, whatever, we guess we'll find out when it all gets said and done. So here's it will, uh, for those that are watching the video, uh, on idahosports.com's YouTube channel, Facebook or Facebook page, uh, I'm going to share my screen again so we can pull up these brackets and take a look at them. And if you're listening, idahosports.com or wherever you download your podcasts, um, you can still follow along. All of our district brackets are on our homepage, idahosports.com, baseball and softball. Um, we're going to talk mostly baseball because softball is still some stuff has to be decided tonight and tomorrow night before we can put teams in. But I'm going to share my screen. And if you're watching the video, this you'll want to make the um, the video full screen so you can read the bracket a little more clearly. But here is the district three for three a bracket. Weezer, the one seed Fruitland, the two seed. They get first round buys. The opening round will take place Saturday, uh, both games at noon. Four seed Homedale will host fifth seeded McCall Donnelly. The three seed Payette will host the six seed Parma. Top two teams automatically go. The third place team has a chance to earn their way in via a state play in game in Lewiston against the second place team from up north, which could be Bonners Ferry or Kellogg. Bonners Ferry officially is the two seed up north, Kellogg is the three seed, but I still see that being pretty even. Yeah, and it's crazy. We talked about it last week about. Whoever the third seed is here, they are going to get a tough team from up north. You do not, I, you don't want to take your chances there and say, ah, well, I'll recover. It is very important to win that semifinal game. And so to get the, the buy that Weezer and Fruitland has, great. You just need to win one game and you're the state. But if you're a Payette and Homedale, you got you, you to gotta pull one of those upsets there in that second round, right? In the semifinals. And, you know, I, I think that Homedale and Payette both win their first games. And you know what? Anything can happen when you get to this situation. We see it all the time at state basketball, all the time. And you see it in baseball, too, where some school, you know, some a Payette or a Homedale decides, you know what, let's turn it on. And and they make a run. Um, and, it, you know, just think of if Homedale upset Weezer. And that second round game, well, that the ripple effect through the state. I mean, you could be having a play in game between Weezer and Bonner's Ferry that that's a play in game. So, you know, you look at it and say you have a chance to really throw everything into disarray. And that's what everybody wants to do as a low seed, right? You want to play the spoiler. You want to come in. I mean, you want to win a championship, but you also want to have some fun uh, spoiling the day for others. And so that's what Homedale and Payette will be looking to do but they're also going to be fighting for that spot. And I, I think at the end of the day, it's going to be the pirates from Payette, Um, and they're going to have a tough, uh, a tough game next Saturday um, in a play in. Yeah. And we'll, we'll see how that all shakes out. We'll be able to give you some, some updates because those semifinals will be Monday night and the district championship will be next Wednesday. So by the time we record next week, um, we'll be able to tell you a lot yeah. about what's going on there. Let's take a look at two a baseball as well. And we've covered two a extensively this year. Uh, Napa Christian, the one seed, no surprise there. Melba gets the two seeds. They've got the two buys. Marcin clinched the yep. three seed, even with a game to, to go still Marcin clinches the three seed. 
Um, New Plymouth, Coal Valley Christian, both finished with identical conference records. Really, the seeding is semantics. They're they're both the same record. New Plymouth four, Coal Valley five. Vision Charter, the sixth seed. So what you've got Friday are the opening round games. They're all going to be in Marcine. Marcine is the as the three seed gets the host. The two games it'll be a doubleheader. It'll be Coal Valley and New Plymouth playing at two in Marcine, and then Vision Charter will play the host Huskies at five. Uh, two teams. Uh, the top two teams automatically go to state. And then just like 3A, whoever finishes third has a chance to challenge the second place team up north, which is going to be um, either Grangeville or St. Mary's. But again, a little tougher proposition, I think, at the 2A level than it is the 3A. Yeah. And you know what? Marsing had that big win this week over Cool Valley or last week or I can't remember. The la- they played and Marsing beats Cool Valley. Huge win for the Huskies. We mentioned it last week. You didn't want to be on Nampa Christian's top side, right? You didn't want to be up there. Um, and and Marsing gets a big win, and they get the Melbourne. That's not a diss to Melba. I think I said the same exact thing last week. But I think anybody will say I'd rather play Melba than Nampa Christian at this point. Uh, Marsing has played them tough this year, has beaten them a couple times. So you got to think, if you're Marsing, here is a chance to go to state for the first time in a long time. Like, it's been a long time since we've seen Marsing in the state tournament. And, they're right there, you know, a big win on Friday night. And then on Saturday, we could be talking about them in the, in the state tournament as soon as Saturday night, right? You know, Saturday afternoon, that game at three o'clock at Marsing. Um, it's a big opportunity for the Huskies. Yeah. And again, very young Marsing team, a lot of freshmen, um, on that roster. So again, we'll keep an eye on that. Um, Friday, the first round, and then Saturday, the very next day, we get right into the uh, the semifinals, um, and then we got a little time to breathe. So again, we'll have a lot to talk about next week when we do the prep cast. Um, all right, let's go to softball. And again, we don't have any brackets to show you because the standings are still somewhat in flux. So we'll kind of just cover quickly what's happening. Um, let's start in 3A, Snake River Valley Conference. Homedale um, is in first place, eight. Eight and one record overall, fifteen or fifteen and five and one overall, eight and one in the conference. Um, should they slip up, they they play Fruitland in their regular season finale. Fruitland is zero and twenty overall, so um, Homedale more than likely going to be that one seed. If they slip up, Weezer could tie for first. Weezer still plays Parma, which is the fifth place team, and Parma's only three and fifteen. But barring some really weird upsets, Homedale's going to be one. Weezer's going to be two. Payette will be three. And those are the three kind of strong teams going into districts. Yeah. So Weezer comes away with a big win on Monday against Homedale. They beat them 15 to nine. And that's what propelled them to a spot to potentially claim that first place tie. Again, they, they do have to rely on, on an upset by Parma tonight on Wednesday night against Weezer. Uh, but they do get a win. And, you know, that's exactly what you want heading into the state tournament, right? Well, um, Weezer, excuse me, Weezer still has to pay, play Parma tonight. Um, Homedale will wrap up their season, um, against Fruitland. And so, you know, but barring a big, like we said, a a big upset by Fruitland who hasn't won a game this year. Um, it's probably going to shake out the way it is, but you know what? You go into the district tournament on a big win streak right now. Right. So the last loss for Weezer, if they can win against Parma, was back on April 13th against Homedale, which was a one-run game. And then they got revenge on the Trojans 
on Monday night and beat them by six. And you know what? You look at it and say, they're on a roll right now. Uh, Weezer kind of feeling it on the softball side and the baseball side. Uh, so you, you know, I, I like Weezer. Um, I think if I had to pick a team right now to win districts, I, I'm, I'm going to go with Weezer. I think Weezer is going to come away with it. Even though Homedale sits in first, I, I think, I think the we- Weezer Wolverines, that's a tongue twister right there. Um, I think Weezer, I like them right now. They're playing well. Um, I think they're hot right now. And that's what you want to be at the right time is hot. And that's what they are after with that big win over Homedale. So let's uh, move on to 2A softball and uh, check out what's going on there. Uh, and again, kind of the same thing, you know, pretty much for the most part, uh, New Plymouth, Napa Christian, the top two teams, New Plymouth finishes up their season uh, with Napa, or excuse me, with, um, yeah, with, with Napa Christian. And so that's the big game that everyone's looking at now because in the standings, New Plymouth is eight and one in the conference, 16 and five overall. Napa Christian is seven and two and 13 and six. So if Napa Christian can knock off the Pilgrims in this regular season finale, we have another tie for first place. Yeah, I'm not sure what the tiebreaker is, but that, you know, there we go. They both are far enough ahead that it's they're they're secure in their one and two spots. But man, you look at it and say New Plymouth, um, they're 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 on a I wouldn't say a skid, but they did lose to Cole Valley on Friday night, and they had a tough two run win over Melba. So a little little tightness for them more than usual. They did beat Nampa Christian back on the 26th, 11 to one. So you got to have that in the back of your mind. If you're Nampa Christian, want a little bit of revenge, um, but they did it. New Plymouth did handle them. Um, like we said, what, what was that last week? I, I get my dates wrong. Yeah. Last Tuesday they played, but uh, since then um, a loss to Cole Valley, Cole Valley and a tight one with Melba and maybe, Maybe Nampa Christian can come in and sneak sneak away with it. Um, it's just there's too many things going on, like you said, to know where everybody's going to be. We'll know more next week. There's just there's too many variables. If there is a tiebreaker, who gets it? You know, we'll, we'll find out more once these games are played on the field. Well, because um, right, you potentially have the tie for first and second, but you have a tie for third as well, Melba. And Cole Valley Christian both finished six and four in the conference and they're done. And so how does that tiebreaker get sorted out? I believe uh, because they've split with each other. Uh, I believe since they split that you start with the top of the, of the conference and work your way down. So how did, how did both teams do against the first place team? How did both teams do against right. the second place team? So in that in that scenario for for Melba and Cole Valley, it all depends on who who wins who who wins that tiebreaker between Napa Christian and New Plymouth. If New Plymouth ends up as the one seed, then Cole Valley would get the three seed because they beat right. the Pilgrims. If Napa Christian is able to get that one seed, then Melba would be the three seed because Melba beat the Trojans. So it's a with the the top four are all kind of tied and that, together. And you know what? It'll be real messy is if. <laughs> To determine the one and two, they have to look at everybody below. Yeah, right. <laughs> and say, "Oh, well, you, well, we don't know who's the three. Is it Melba or is it is it New Plymouth or is it Nampa Christian? Or excuse me, is it Melba or is it Cole Valley? Well, that depends on what is it. What catch twenty two? You know, it it would be, it'd be that'd be fun. Um, 
I don't know. Do you go to run differential? You call it the where they do that English Premier League, the aggregate uh, <laughs> runs. But uh, yeah, that'll be that'd be an interesting meeting because it really does matter where you get lined up. I mean, we we've seen it right that that one has beaten the other and has not beat the other. And so, you know, if you're if you're New Plymouth, you're thinking, well, darn, I don't want to play Cole Valley again. You know, like Cole Valley, they they can do it. And so you think if you're Cole Valley, you want Hey, give us them again. We got them. We know what to do. Uh, so there is a lot going on there um, to deal with. And we're just going to let the muddy waters be cleared and we'll tell you what happened rather than tell you how it will happen. <laughs> so the the big game that everyone and probably the game of the week in softball is going to be that Napa Christian New Plymouth uh, showdown. And that is going to take place. Um, I believe tonight, tonight or tomorrow night, Thursday Thursday night, night. Thursday night. And who's hosting that Logan? It's at Nampa Christian. Okay. That's very interesting. Yeah. It should be fun. (laughs) All right. Okay. One, a softball Um, notice still 11 and 0 in the conference, 13 and two overall. We talked on the last prep cast about, Oh man, notice has this big showdown with Greenleaf friends, right? Notice won the first game, but Greenleaf, uh, you know, could, could force a tie at the top with a win. Um, and then that game got rained out and got pushed back to the very end of the regular season. They're going to play on Monday, May 9th. So we got to wait a little longer for that Greenleaf friends notice showdown. Um, I will say that, you know, notice I think has pretty much wrapped up the one seed. If we, if we look at the schedule, um, unless they really stumble here, they finish with horseshoe bend, Wednesday, Garden Valley, Thursday, and then Greenleaf Friends Monday. So it's, so it's not official yet, but notice is yeah. looking pretty good. Greenleaf Friends has split with Glens Ferry, and with a win over notice, they can split with the Pirates as well. But Glens Ferry got a very big win over Greenleaf Friends recently also. Yeah, big win. Glens Ferry with a 14-8 to eight win over, um, over Greenleaf. So that really makes it interesting, and now – you look over at Greenleaf side, right? So the, the like you said, there's there's some weird stuff with who's played, who hasn't played. Uh, but Greenleaf sitting at nine and two, um, but they do have that game against Notice. Um, you know, if you're Glens Ferry, you're saying somebody somebody take down Greenleaf. But man, I don't know. They play Rimrock on Wednesday, Idaho City on Thursday. Uh, the best shot really is if Rimrock can pull an upset, then maybe we we have some. Um, some competition for that second spot, but the way it's looking right now just is notice Greenleaf, Idaho or uh, Glens Ferry, and the thing is, though Glens Glens Ferry with that win over Greenleaf, so you know those two are going to be duking it out, right? They're going to be duking it out at that two and three spot. Um, while I think Greenleaf will have a pretty smooth, you know, when we get to districts as that top seed. Um, until they get to the championship against two or three, I don't. I don't know if anybody else can really hang with them at this point, besides the two and the three, which Glens Ferry and and Greenleaf. Yep. Uh, last year, uh, Notice won the district title, but it was Glens Ferry that won the state title. So, yeah. just because you win districts doesn't mean you win state. Um, that'll be interesting to keep an eye on. And Rimrock is the kind of the interesting team, Logan. Rimrock, it's like Fort Knox. I can't get info out of them. I can't get scores. <laughs> I can't, I can't get rosters. I can't get none of it. It's like, it's like lockdown over there. 
And so they're kind of the unknown. We're, we're missing a couple of scores from Rimrock that haven't been reported. And so they're 500 in the conference, but so is Garden Valley. So, I, I mean, I don't know. Rimrock's always an interesting team to me also. So Yeah, and I mean, Rimrock does have a win against Glens Ferry. Yeah. Right? They beat them 13-10 to 10 back on April 19th. So they're a team that can just sneakily, like you said, don't know what they're doing down there in Bruno, but they're they're doing it right or Grandview. I always forget which one it's in. But well, it's both. It's in this. Well, yeah, I guess it's the, the Bruno Grandview, Grandview School, School District. District. But right. it's I forget which one it's in. So forgive me, Rimrock fans. But um, yeah, they're just slowly doing their thing over there. You know, Glens Ferry right down the road. So those two, a little bit of a, I'm sure some sort of rivalry between those two schools, but a win so far earlier in April. Uh, those two teams will face off on Friday night. So two big games for Rimrock, right? This week they play they they play Greenleaf today, Wednesday, and then they play Glens Ferry on Friday. So potentially you could see maybe Rimrock move up a little more and say, hey, don't forget about us here. You know, right now Rimrock in the conference. Again, we are missing some scores. Like it looks like we – but they only have four losses in conference right now. Um, is that right? Yeah, four losses. Yeah, yeah, four and, and four. They're four and four, and Garden Valley is six and six. Well, guess so. it, I mean, Glen Terry has four losses, right? So they're, I mean, <laughs> at the end of Who the knows? day, they if they can beat them, do they get that third spot then instead? And then Glens Ferry has to go up against you know they they have to take the notice route instead. So there's there is so much left in the last what four or five days of regular season play here in one, a baseball or softball. And I mean, all softball for that matter, but that's just an interesting tidbit that, like you said, don't know what they're doing down there, but they're doing it right. And they're they're slowly chipping away at people. And uh, you know, you never know. They can make a run at this thing. They've shown that they can beat Glens Ferry. Um, so who knows? You look at it. They did. They lost to notice um, this or back on the 26th last week. But it's only six to two. Like that, right. that's a tight game. Notice scores a ton of runs, tons of them. You look at that, they're 20s all up and down the board. And then we put up six. I mean, that's a it's a dangerous team. I say it's a dangerous team to be just I feel like they're just lurking, right? They're just they are. They are, and they just they're a big unknown. Nobody knows anything about them, and <laughs> including us. <laughs> including wait us. to strike at the last second and say, hey, we'll take this trophy. Bye. Thanks. And, yeah. uh, and scoot on out of here. Something like that. Um, all right. Before we get out of here, I did want to kind of just go over the track and field leaderboards as we're getting towards the end of the regular season. Um, instead of the statewide leaderboards, because it's hard for the 3A, 2A, 1A kids to, to, to get to the top of the statewide leaderboard, I wanted to break it down by classification and tell you a couple of athletes um, that we're going to keep, keep an eye on uh, down the stretch here in track and field. So these are statewide leaders in their respective classifications. And we'll start in 3A. On the boys' side, there's only one District 3 athlete leading his event currently, and that's Case Lewis in the high jump from Payette. He has cleared six feet four inches, which is pretty good. Yeah. Right on his tails, though. In second place, Caleb Davis of Fruitland, who's cleared six three. So those two figure to be duking it out at districts. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, States right around the corner um, for them, everybody's going, it's, it's, this is one of the weird things, right? Where track kind of gets overshadowed because their state championships are the same time as everybody else, but uh, they're still going on here. 
Yes, definitely. A lot more female athletes from District 3 leading their respective uh, events. Uh, Lydia Lindsay, a freshman from Fruitland, has the best 100 time in the state um, by a pretty significant margin, Logan. She's ran a, a, a 1271 which is pretty impressive. The next closest is 13-19. So My we're in, in 100. That's a huge lead. No, that's faster than I can do it. Probably take me a full minute. Um, and she can do it in 12 seconds. That, I mean, to, to be a full second and a, was it a second and a half faster. I mean, it, well, it, it's not quite a second. It's uh 12-71 to 13-19. That's like half a okay, second. Okay, so half a second. But you think about it, that whole event is – 15 seconds long, even for the last place person to finish, like half a second, it seems like an eternity when that person crosses the line and you're, you know, if you're watching it straight on, like that's a long, a long time to wait to see. I mean, that's, that's a couple of steps and, uh, you know, congrats to her for being in that, that spot. Emma Hillam from Fruitland has the best uh, 800 and 1600 meter times and she's second statewide in the 3200 so emma hillam long distance ace for fruitland combined with the freshman lydia Lindsay in the sprints gives the grizzlies a pretty good one two tandem to lean on weezer has the best four by four relay kaylee larue kylie quinton sarah henderson and maddie shirts four sixteen ninety nine, and in the uh i call i don't know what to call it. it's the one one two four the 800 meter relay or whatever it's called mm -hmm. um fruitland has the second best time there as well so there's fruitland again really showing up lydia Lindsay, we mentioned the freshman has the best time in the 100 she also has the best high jump mark clearing five feet four inches so a freshman coming in to make that kind of impact is super impressive and then payette senior sydney dennison has the best long jump and triple jump in the state for 3a 17 10 uh and three quarters in the long jump and 36 uh, feet half an inch in the triple jump and she's got uh nearly a one foot lead in the triple jump over second place and she's got almost a five inch lead in the long jump so sydney dennison of payette looking very good also yeah just great efforts here in district three from all our track athletes. Definitely two a Joe Reber, Melba first year doing track still has the best Melba. 100 time at 1079. Yeah, <laughs> and he's Melba track. I mean, what we talked about a couple weeks ago, just how many, uh, it's just like, you don't even need to look at the sheet and you're just say, yeah, Melba's first. Yeah, seriously. Um, so Joe Reber, not only has the best 100 time, he's got the best 200 time as well. <laughs> 22, 13, uh, a new Plymouth pilgrim, uh, behind him in, in second in both events, different athletes though, Alex Porter in the 100 and Casey Aratola in the 200. Another Melba Mustang McCoy Richardson has the best time in the 400 50, 67. That's, that's pretty good. Um, Grady Mylander from Napa Christian, no surprise, has the best 800, 1600, and 3200 meter times. I'm really looking forward to Grady Mylander at state competing against Danny Simmons from Salmon. Um, those are the two best distance runners um, in 2A, and I would say two of the best in the entire state. And they get to go mano a mano. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch those two. Yeah, it seems like Salmon always produces great runners as well. <laughs> definitely it's McCoy Richard. Yeah. McCoy Richardson, in addition to his top 400 time as the best uh, time in the 110 hurdles and the 300 hurdles. 
So that's a, a triple leader there in McCoy Richardson. And we kind of talked about him on a previous prep cast. Melba has the best four by four relay. Easton Draper, Caden Daly, Ruben Manzer, and McCoy Richardson running the anchor. 333.90. Melba is second in the four by 800 relay. Napa Christian has the best 1600 meter relay. Uh, Simon DeYoung, Tyson Evanhouse, Edward Lewandowski, and Grady Mylander. I was talking about at that direct com invite over in Pocatello. A couple of weeks ago, Logan Napa Christian was edged out by Blackfoot by five one hundredths of a second in this relay. Um, and Blackfoot's really good at foray, so that gives you an idea of how good that relay team is for Napa Christian. Yeah, tight win. So I'm sure they want to get back at them and have another opportunity. Definitely. And in the field, one leader, and who else? McCoy Richardson from Melba. <laughs> He's got the best long jump, 21 feet nine inches. So McCoy Richardson, the junior from Melba has the best mark or time in four different two a events. Simply incredible. Um, yeah, I don't oh, know what yeah, else to say. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, girl side two a state best times or distances. Peyton Mills of Napa Christian has the best 100 1278. Um, beyond that, it is a lot of East Idaho in terms of leaders. Uh, Liliana Ortiz of Aberdeen in the hurdles. Um, Melba does have the best four by 800 relay. Brooklyn Daly, Roslyn Kazier, Lacey Levitt, and Maisie Hansen, 10-19-61. And then as we look at the field events, Taylor McCoy has the best discus throw, another Melba Mustang, uh, 129 feet, 11 inches. That is nearly two feet further than the second best throw so far. And Kendall Clark, of course, what a great athlete she is for Melba. She's got the best triple jump, 36 feet, six inches. That is nearly three feet further oh than second place in the triple jump. So, yeah. That's one where you say, well, I'm, if you're competing against her, you say, well, that second doesn't look we'll so see bad. what I can do for myself. <laughs> I'll just take my second place. I, I'm, you're fighting for second almost in a situation like that. Definitely. All right. 1A leaderboard um, on the boys side. Uh, Victory Charter's got a pair of stockets in the long distance races. Ian is a junior. Luke is a sophomore. Uh, and Ian is first in the in the mile and two mile. Luke is third in the mile, second in the two mile. So the stocket boys leading Victory Charter in those long distance races. Outside of that, those two also help out on the 4x800 relay of Victory Charter. They've got the best time in the state, 8.54.26. That's uh, you know almost 10 seconds ahead of the second best team. So it's Ian Stockett, Luke Stockett, Connor Douglas Robbins, and Brody Hunt. And again, that's the 4x800-meter relay. And then when you go to the field events, how about this, Logan? In the high jump, the best high jump mark in 1A is Kobe Rivas from Meadows Valley. How about Meadows getting on the board? Yeah. Six, Six feet, two inches. That's pretty good. Yeah, nice job. Yeah, way to go. And in the triple jump, notice is Carter Woodland. That's a guy we talk about a lot here. that name before. (laughs) We sure have. 43 feet, one and a half inches in the triple jump. That is uh, a foot and a half better than the second best mark, which is pretty substantial in the triple jump, like we said. And, uh, oh, go ahead. No, just... uh, it's just funny how we've got in that jump right here in district three, we've got two people that are in first place by a substantial amount, right? Just uh, what are the chances, right? In a state 
this big that you get that exact thing. Um, <laughs> so well done here. Yeah, it's it's just crazy. Um, and uh, on the one A girls side, you know, we don't have any we don't have any state leaders in in any event. In fact, um, we're lacking a little bit in terms of the top five overall um because carrie and rockland and oakley and rath river are all kind of so dominant that it's really hard for anybody else to break through um i will highlight uh charlie holland of salmon river who's cleared eight feet six inches which is tied for second in the pole vault on the girls side but um all the power seems to reside in district four in one a girls track so yeah that's your track yeah. and field rundown logan it's good stuff brandon yeah a lot of names you know when we get a lot of names into the prep cast i feel like that's uh it's pretty yeah, it's good, good. it's it, you know it's about getting them the publicity that they deserve no doubt all right well we have gone long uh yeah. pretty pretty usual <laughs> and i you know what i just want to say really quick sure. if you're out there and you we're gonna we're doing every game of the baseball tournament right 5a 4a 3a 2a 1a um, if you have a business and you want to be on with us during that state baseball tournament, just reach out to us. We'd love to help you out and get you on as a sponsor for that. Um, it's just a good opportunity to show your support to local high school athletes and our ability to cover. These are free broadcasts that we're giving out. And so it's just a great opportunity. You know, if, if you're listening out there and you're a Nampa Christian baseball fan and you want to support them on those broadcasts, just reach out to me. It's Logan at IdahoSports.com. I'd love to get you set up with that. And, uh, and you know what, to show your support for your team during the broadcast, it's always a fun thing. Um, sometimes it's just hard to find everybody that wants to do that. You know, a lot of people want to, but sometimes we just don't know where to go to find you. So if you're out there listening and that's something you're interested in, just, just like I said, email me, Logan at IdahoSports.com. That's right, IdahoSports.com. One of our great yearly traditions, we will bring you every pitch of every state baseball tournament from 5A all the way down to 1A. And also, hey, you may have noticed, you know, we're 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 logo list here on the prepcast as well. If you uh, are interested yeah. in sponsoring uh, the Treasure Valley prepcast each week as well, just uh, send an email to Logan yeah. at IdahoSports.com as well. Yeah, just reach out. I mean, nobody's there, so it's not. You know, let's talk. Like, if you got a fun idea you want to do, you want to do a sponsor some sort of special award per week like we could do fun stuff like that like there the, the opportunities are endless uh, so we'd love to have you on and and if you can give back to the kids via us um give them you know some recognition on a i don't know how big you would say this stage is but um maybe a little more publicity than you would get just you know just in town uh, we would love to be able to do that for them as well yeah we really are a blank canvas so um yeah keep those emails coming logan at idahosports.com. All right, Logan, uh, as always, thank you for breaking it all down with us each week. Uh, we'll see you back here next week, all right? Yeah, sounds good, Brandon. We'll see you, man. All right, thanks for tuning into the Treasure Valley PrepCast. We'll see you next time on idahosports.com.